sitting in a hotel room outside of the bridge. Jason Pridmore, where are you right now? Yep, I am in Carol's house that you know. I know you know Carol Carpenter from Boda Vixens, and I am sitting in my room in her house. And uh, yeah, I've been up here since Sunday. Did a little riding Monday and Tuesday, and it was great. We had a good day Monday with a group of people, and then we did one-on-ones up here on Tuesday. And we're coming back up here in August. I think it's 8th and 9th, I think we'll be back up here, or 9th and 10th. So um, I love it up here. But, man, is it – we always talk about the weather up here in the Pacific Northwest being a little wet. And <laughs> I feel like I'm back out of Chuckwalla this weekend. All these guys are going to be – better be getting their training in because they're going to be suffering this weekend, if not, in this heat that, that Washington's Washington's getting this weekend. Yeah, definitely more about that in a second, but we, we got some stuff to talk about. I know it's late night here on Wednesday. Sorry, everybody, we're yeah. late, but Jason had to golf, so I guess this is where we are now. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Lucky right, we're getting look, this done at all. I, I it, Seriously, dude, the motivation <laughs> is low. I mean, we do want to talk, but it's like a matter of like we're both, it's 930. We've been rolling all day long. Well, never you've mind golfing. you've ridden almost 5,000 miles across country in the last, yeah, whatever, yeah, 21 that. days and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and 14. Yeah, there's that. But um, Gnarly. Hey, folks, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed on whatever service you're listening to, please do so um, if you like what we're doing. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support our page, but you don't get any real extra benefit. I mean, there's a little bit, you get some, there'll be some interviews and stuff that you'll get the full interview on and stuff. We have a Patreon page. It's in the link, patreon.com slash Greg's garage TV. If you're interested. Um, also on this week's podcast, we're going to have a Rye news. We're going to talk MotoGP Germany. We're going to talk. Oh my gosh. We're going to talk about MotoGP fantasy. Unbelievable Why? week for Jason. Hey, Pridmore. You're killing it. You're killing it. You done. Oh, yeah. You could say that. You're killing it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to preview Moto America the Ridge because this is what we're doing here. We're going to uh, talk American flat track and pro motocross. And we'll also preview a little bit of MotoGP Assen because that stuff's good. I am, Jason was talking about Greg's Ride to the Races. So if you go to my YouTube channel, Greg's Garage TV, you can subscribe there. And I'm uploading content about how I've ridden a Hudson Valley motorcycles, Ducati Multistrada V4S from North Carolina <laughs> to Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, to Brainerd, Minnesota, now to the Ridge. Then I'll be going to Laguna, then all the way back to North Carolina and more. So if you're interested in that. So there you go. Love, all right. Lots so Jason, going on there, G-Dub. There's a lot going Yeah, there's a lot going on. But yeah. one of the things going on is the news presented by Arai. And you know, Jay, for three generations, Arai has been making some of the world's best helmets. And of course, Arai helmets meet all safety standards, but they also pride themselves in a blend of engineering tech and human craftsmanship that makes an Arai helmet fit better and feel better, which also protects you better. Your head's worth the best. Visit AraiAmericas.com for tech, fit, and paint jobs. But you know what, Jason? I'm going to say this with I'm going to say this with all sincerity, okay? We're... we're it is going to be 106 degrees yeah. on Sunday here. So if you had an awry helmet, you'd have antimicrobials. You know what I mean? Of course you That's do. all I'm going to say. Yeah, antimicrobials. That's in the liner. So when you wash your head, wash your helmet, antimicrobials. Okay? Got it, Nolan? I, just, I love it. Yeah, that's antimicrobials. great. Antimicrobials. That's the word of the year for you when you go to the racetracks, isn't it? And apparently, all, yeah. Everybody talking. <clears throat> that and donuts. And that and, uh, what, what do I say? Spectacular or something? That I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I try to we not do. Called you out on that like about four months ago, didn't I? 
Mm. Yeah, and it's burned it? into my head. Yeah. All right, Chase, listen, <laughs> a couple things in the news, okay? Let's do it. Yeah, let's talk uh, about it. First of all, MotoGP updated their provisional calendar, and Coda is wow. on. Circuit of the Americas in the United States will be around October 3rd weekend. Get your tickets now. Will Moto America be attending in support? I don't know. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you right now. So, Coda's on. Yeah, Jay. we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, Coda, man. It, it's funny. You um, you remember my buddy Gogol, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gogol was texting me today. He was texting me. And he's like, Jay, he's like, you know, I heard you and Greg talking about Road America and how great it is. Why doesn't MotoGP go there? And I told him, I'm like, well, can't get really homologated with the FIM rules. And these guys are doing 225 mile an hour. And we started talking about it. And then we started talking about Coda. And it's like, man, I just, I wish there was a track we could just do it all, everything 100% right. Everything. Well, I mean, the, you know, the biggest problem, Jason, and, and I've, I've, I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast, but we, you and I have certainly talked about it. When you look at the MotoGP calendar and you look at yeah. how many privately owned tracks there are in the world that race MotoGP, there, there aren't a lot. I mean, Bruneau is one no. of them. And, you know, and it's when you have a state funded racetrack, you have a lot more resources available and you have an organization that's willing to make changes for homologation because they understand the direct economic impact that a MotoGP race, a Formula One race, a World Superbike race, a Moto America race, whatever has on the local economy. And yep. that's really problematic for us in the United States because all of our tracks are privately owned. And so to convince a track owner that this one race, MotoGP, has the possibility of bringing this in, but they need $100,000 worth of changes or a million dollars worth yeah. of changes to I make mean, it yeah. safe. They're not willing to do it. And I think that's really just a, fundam- can you imagine, a fundamental can you difference imagine, of the U.S. Can you imagine, Moto, can you imagine MotoGP bikes around, uh, around Road America, though, if they could make it right? I mean, it would be absolutely sick, and I think so it would be totally oh. doable. I Even mean, a World I, Superbike would be fun to watch there, you know? Yeah, it was, you know, was years and years ago, right? Like, yeah. Did they, I don't think they ever did World Superbike at uh, Road America. They did it at Brainerd. Yeah, did it at Brainerd. They did it at Brainerd. I remember being there. I sworn they did World Superbike at Road America. Nope, never did. Never did did that at there. Um, Well, I know that the Billy Mitchell Bridge, when that used to be there, that was a huge problem. But they took that out many years ago. Well, there's a couple. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things. It's it's still that run down to Canada corner. But we're going on a tangent here. It's great that MotoGP is going to be back. I'm stoked. And I'm not, not, you know, I'm not like shitbagging Coda. I'm just saying that. When, when we start talking about great, great racetracks and you look at racetracks all over the world, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't put Coda in that category. That's no, I don't either, but Mark Marquez does. So, you know, well, Mark Marquez I, puts everywhere, but I no, mean, but I mean, dude, he's dominant. Like, he, I don't know who it was. It you don't was love it either. as much as the Saxon ring. I can tell you that. Well, no, he does. I mean, if you look at his <laughs> record, like that's, and that's the thing. I think I Pecco said it post race. I mean, we'll talk, you know, but Pecco said yeah. it post race when, uh, MotoGP did kind of a bunch of um, soundbite rips of people talking about Mark's performance. Um, Marquez, I'm going to go look at that. Yeah, and Pecco said, "Oh yeah, I mean, you know, if you go to Saxon Ring or you go to Coda, I mean, they're just Mark's yeah. tracks, no matter what. And good place for him to make a comeback." But um, speaking of that, Jason Pecco Bagnaya, you know, he does have a tattoo of Aston on his arm uh, because he won a Moto Three and Moto Two race there. So you know, he's going to win in Aston, according to a website. So why don't you just put him on his fan on your fantasy team? Okay, so there's your well, hot tip for the day. 
Yeah. I whipped him off and put Oliveira on there last last week in place of a boy. Guy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Well, one on. person you don't want to put on your fantasy is Franco Morbidelli because he's oh, out of Masson uh, due to injuries to his left knee in training. Uh, so he won't be there. That sucks. But on the other side of that, American Garrett Gerloff gets to, gets to actually race in a MotoGP race, not just practice one day. He's going to be Morbidelli's replacement. So thoughts on this entire thing, because there's so much chatter about this thing. Well, there's a lot to be talked about. I mean, the fact that he's going to get to race this weekend is good. They, he's never been to Aston, I don't think, because they didn't go That's there not. last year. So that'll be a new track for him to learn. I think that it's a great track for the Yamaha, if I'm not mistaken. I think that this is going to be a place where that bike will work really, really well. Um, I know he's going to be, man, he's going to be hungry. He's going to be ready to go. I think the fact that Garrett, you know, I just keep going back to this guy going over and handing out business cards, and he's just done so well to get himself in that spot. I mean, what happens if he just goes out there and does really, really well? Um, his name's going to be put in that in that canister of riders that want uh, you know want that seat next year when Rossi vacates it. You know, I think this morning when you and I talked, um, I hadn't done any reading, and you you know I'd I'd seen on Instagram that he was taking this, this seat, and um, and you had told me that basically Top Rack uh, turned it down. Was it? Totally. It was a candidate turned it down, mm-hmm. and you got to think. You know, there's, there's so many things we can talk about here, but he turns that right down. Number number one, he's 20 points out of the championship lead in World Superbike. He doesn't need to go neck himself at a, at, at a MotoGP race at Aston, and he really doesn't need to do it on a 2019 bike, does he? I mean, if he's going to get on a bike, he wants to be on the top, top stuff. But we're two for two with him, right? Like, you know, the Rossi thing, I think there was a conflict of sponsor, right? Their monster and top rack is Red Bull, Red so Bull, that was something. Yeah. And yeah. so the question is, you know, how many times you ask the girl to the prom and she says no, right? Like, yeah, that's the only that's the only thing that that kind of just goes, okay, you know, like, yeah, but Greg, do you think that let's just say it was Vinales, it was out. I mean, does Top Rack take that seat if Vinales is out? And I mean, I know they've still got the Red Bull Monster thing, but if Vinales or Quattararo were out, like they couldn't ride, and he gets offered the actual the real bike. I mean, history would say he would. History would say he'd turn it down, though, Jay, and that's the thing that's interesting about it. And yeah, and I'm not saying I, I agree with it or disagree with it. I'm just it to me, it's just said, very curious. Did you, you see know? his quote where he said he came out and his dream is to win the World Superbike Championship, which is great. I mean, listen, he yeah, might not have aspirations was, you know, of going MotoGP, and and why not? I mean, if he's in his dream championship and you get offered something else, I yep. have a lot of admiration for not jumping ship and not just going yep. like. Well, here's an impossible situation. I'm going to go be really not good at, right? Like it's, yeah, you know, he, he's. Well, let me ask you this too. Like the Morbidelli situation, sure is. It's weird to me too. Like, okay, I know he's hurt. I, I I'm not going to really deny that. But this is a guy that finished second in the championship last year, and he was really the talk of the town. And when you think about Morbidelli, you think about the last half of last season. He was the biggest point scorer, and if he wins that championship last year on the Patronus bike. It's just kind of weird to see, but I'm saying all this and I'm asking you, I'm not really, I'm, I'm bringing up stuff, but you know, I know the question wins, you're going to ask me. I mean, because you know, wasn't if the he beginning wins the of the championship, year, does he get a 2021 bike? Right. Is that yeah, your but question? Don't you kind of recall him saying he didn't want that? I remember, I recall. Have, well, he didn't want a 2020 bike. I recall him, bike saying, I recall him saying he just got done finishing second on his 2019. 
He just got done yeah. beating all the yeah, other Yamaha. The other thing to realize, though, Jay, is he may have been saying that. I'm not calling Franco a liar by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, no. He might have been not. saying that because it's in his contract and it's in the other riders' contracts that they get a certain level of equipment, right? right. And so he's kind of hung out to dry because, again, it was during COVID. There's a limit of, you know, of, of, of production Parts available, and- of you know, you know yeah. like the whole thing. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the background because. Uh, if you look at it logically, from our perspective, it makes zero sense that the dude's on a 19. He should at it least does. be on a 20 or a 21 or a it hybrid. It seems like there's more, there's more and more chatter amongst people that kind of know things about they're all kind of bitching that he's not on a full-blown factory bike and he's getting a little perturbed by it. And I just thought I recalled him saying that he was happy on the bike that he was on with the team he was on and this and that. Um, yeah, last year, but now the bike... Yeah, See, the thing is, is you, you, you can't benchmark yourself week after week after, uh, you know, on Vinales or on, on Valentino Ross, right. you have to right. do it on Quattararo and you look at Quart and you go, okay, well right now the situation is Quattararo is Mark Marquez. You know what I mean? Like, but the yeah. Yamaha version of Mark Marquez, right. It's like, yep. it yep. seems like there's only one guy that could win. I mean, Vinales can sometimes like every now and then that's he shows a, up, so right. Weird, isn't it? But that situation is so super weird. So well, you got to look at it and you go, okay, I mean, at least some Yamahas with Vinales can be a little bit closer and with more Videli can be closer. But, you know, this situation that we're in is only because of COVID, I, I'm, I'm convinced. The only reason he's on a 19 is because of COVID, because there hasn't been engine development since 2020, because, 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 you know, yeah, now, now well, we're starting to see a lot of different things, you know, come out. It's a great opportunity because, for Garrett. It's a great opportunity. For th- and that's really bottom line. Okay. And so that's the bottom line of what Garrett, we're, you know. Uh, you know, it's a good Yamaha track. There's no question about it. Yep. You know, if if I'm top rack, the first thing, if I'm top rack, the first thing I would have done was look at the freaking weather, Jay. And if there was any hint of rain, that would be another reason why I'd turn it down. Because top rack yeah. ha- is not a complete package yet. If it rains, he's, he's off the back. Garrett really is not. really weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? Garrett's not. And, Garrett's and Garrett, be good. And I, I think that if, does he, does he put it in the points? Yeah, he puts it in the points. But I mean, dude, my phone... Like I say this, like, like a hundred people are texting me or I have a lot of friends. I, you know, I don't have a lot of friends. Nobody, nobody really likes me. So, but my phone was blowing up today. My phone was blowing oh, up today with so people beautiful. going like the same yeah. question, Jay, give me the odds. Give me the chances. Give me the percentage. You think that Garrett Gerloff beats Valentino Rossi. And yeah. I'm like, at this point, I mean, I, listen, there's no taking Valentino's legacy away. I'm not saying that. The Valentino's oh. lost. It has nothing to do with his his skill level or talent or the it's, mystique or the magic of Valentino. He's lost. His team's lost. So the chances of it's kind of Garrett the hardest Gerloff, thing to talk about, isn't it? Isn't it kind of? I find it very hard to talk about. Like Rossi has kind of put everybody in a position, and and, and it's all of our fault for for being in the position. Like he might not look at it as anything, but he's really just put himself in a position where he's getting talked about now, and it just seems so rough to be able to talk bad about him. I don't know if it's bad, but man, it just seems like that. Well, see, the thing is, is like fighter that's just hung around a little bit too long. Yeah. It's not that we're talking bad about Rossi is that I think we're talking more honestly about Rossi and it's just not good. And his legacy is, was just all good, right? It was all, I mean, other than the fact that you, that you look at Rossi and you go, some people would take offense to the fact that he, that he mine effed so many of his competition, right? So many. From Sete Gibernau to Max Biaggi to blah, 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 yeah, right? There's a new sheriff in town now, though, like that just they, has yeah, done the same that, thing to a lot of these guys as well. 
But Jay, you and I have been around a while, not the longest, you know what I mean? And definitely not the yep. shortest, but this is the cycle of racing. It it's the cycle of everything. It's a cycle of, of all sport, you know? And, yeah, and the question right. is, will Valentino get out, you know, he's got to get out after this in year. time, like, I think in time with his health, you know what I mean? Like I've seen career ending injuries now. for people that hang on too long. And that's oh, what really yeah, we don't want to kind of, it's just sitting in the back of my mind, like, come on, Valentino, you yeah. know, but Anyway, and he's you know what the thing is too, he's got great things lined up for when he's done. He's going to go uh, race the world endurance championship for cars. Um, I mean, he's been very outspoken. In his some of business, that stuff. his VR forty six I mean, business. He's, he's, he's you know he's got they, so they much other stuff it, going on, and I just think yeah. it's got to be such a weird. The guy's been in that paddock riding for so many years. So we're off on a little bit of a tangent, but dude, I'm super stuck. I'm super pumped for Garrett. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good thing for him. These guys, these guys are literally just coming off a week. Where you know we were in Germany this last weekend, Saxon Ring, and um, you know what can you say? I mean, when you sit there and you think about what Mark Marquez has done, um, besides well, the fact that not he's know the results, from injury, Jason, so why don't you well, just I'm, stop? You I'm going to get the results. Be but precise, I'm talking about would you please? This, okay, these you poor just people. Shut up for two seconds. Stay tuned into Anyways, this podcast. This is why nobody likes you. This is why nobody oh, likes that's you. That's why. Right right got it. Let me yeah. hold on. Make me write this down. Yep. Get get your therapist on the phone as soon as we get off the phone. I just told you, it's not very nice, Greg. He's flipping oh, me see, off, you everybody. Can see I can, you can see, see it. Oh, you can yeah, see me? I didn't realize yeah, that. Okay. I can see that. That's my fault. Anyways, <laughs> Mark Marquez, Greg, wins for the 11th straight time. I mean, is that just insane? You think about guys that have only won one race in their life. This guy's won 11 times at the same place. That's just insane. I don't think it's, I don't think it's straight. I think it's 11, but like seven straight or six straight. But he's won 11 Dude, times. Yeah. I think it's straight. He hasn't right. lost in 11 times. How long has he been in the paddock? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah. Can't, From Moto3 I, to Moto2 to, to MotoGP, he hasn't lost. Mm. Is that ridiculous? Anyways, but I'll tell you, it's not a bad time to be on KTM. Miguel, Oliveira, the king of the just, Miguel Oliveira just continues to impress. He ends up second on the weekend on that KTM. And Greg, for the better part of that race, he pushed Marquez and... We'll get into some of the race highlights of that as far as like some some things that I heard about after the race that everybody heard that really caught my attention. But Quattararo, I thought, did a great job salvaging what he did. He ends up third. He gets those points on the board. Um, he's probably a big sigh of relief. The old 93 had zero points in the last three rounds prior to this one um, because people are already like, well, how many points is Marquez back? Because it's coming, you know, and, you know, that's yet to be seen. But, man, Brad Bender fourth on another KTM. So we have two KTMs in the top four. And if it wasn't for those two guys, <clears throat> Greg, you might have to give the ride of the race, um, other than obviously Marquez, to Bagnaya. He did a great job coming from so far back to get himself into fifth. And it's a guy that you just talked about, people touting on winning at, uh, winning at Assen. Miller ends up sixth in what was kind of an off day for him, I feel. Um, Alicia Spargaro led this race, Greg, on that Aprilia. I mean – we're seeing some really cool things this year just with different brands and, and so on doing things. I think it's a disappointing race for Johan Zarco, who ends up eighth, as is the same for Joan Mir, ends up ninth. Paul Spargro had moments this weekend, but Greg, he crashed three times um, over the course of the weekend, did Paul Spargro. Rins, 11th, he was up front at one point. He fell backwards. Jorge Martin, in his return, ends up 12th. Nakagami Rossi and Luca Marini round out all of the places. I mean, look, there's so many different things that we can talk about when we go into this, but like 
the Marquez train is back on track. It was probably the perfect place for him to do it. He controlled the race just like he always does. And, um, you know, I thought it was super interesting that he sees a little bit of spot terrain on his windshield. And what did mm-hmm. he say he did? I'm going to push Pinch now. It. I'm going to yep. push. This is when I got to push. And then second little set of raindrops start coming up three or four laps later. I need, I need to push again. And, um, you know, the thing is, is it's like the kid just – it was unreal. It was unreal. I mean, where do you rate it, Greg, as far as like as the year goes? I mean, is this – is this, it's the biggest news story so far. It, it just feels like it takes away from so much other stuff that's gone on. I think the KTMs have been a good surprise this year. Quattro has done a fairly good job holding this championship. I mean, are you as he is the whole paddock worried again now that this is going to start a run? What do you think? I think everybody's holding their breath because I think it was Miguel Oliveira who said it. You know what I mean? Like you go up against Mark Marquez at Coda or at, at you know Saxon Ring, and mm-hmm. it's like because Oliveira said if you told me that I was going to get second you know, at, at this race to Mark Marquez. 1.6, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. 1.6. It's like, it basically it's a win, right? Like you you were just the fast, you were the fastest guy on the track, except Mark who always wins here. Like, so I I don't know, you know, if Mark went out there, I think Jason and won by seven seconds, eight seconds, some, you know, like really beat the field up. I think, uh, you know, I would be more inclined to say that Mark Marquez is back, but Mm -hmm. the fact that, Aleish led the race. Mark gets past him late in the first lap and Aleish passes him back, which I thought was awesome. Like Alicia Spargo is not scared. He just stuffed Mark Marquez at Saxon ring. And then Mark got him back in the same spot. And I thought the, you know, the pace wasn't very high. Like they're doing 22s, but they're capable of doing 21s and stuff like that. So it wasn't until Mark broke free. And then, you know, this, this race really is all about a start. Marquez coming mm-hmm. from the second row, I think, and he stuffs it up yep. the inside. He gets himself into second and then makes moves. And Aleish gets a good start, whatever. But if you look at Oliveira, Oliveira got buried. He he got totally buried. Dude. He was way back there. And, he and even carving. even Yeah, even Marquez said in one of his post-race, he said, well, Miguel was faster than me, but I just managed the race, right? Like, And, and really, if you look at it, 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 it was true. You know, if, if you can take out the first lap, if, if the race starts on, on lap two, Miguel Oliveira is faster than Mark Marquez overall mm-hmm. because he was buried yeah. so far back and he pushed him. You know, it was, I think when, when Miguel finally gets into second spot, I believe it was probably 1.9 seconds. It gets down to 0.8. And then that was pretty much it. That was all that, that, you know, Oliveira could do. And Marquez just put in what Oliveira said was a brilliant, brilliant last lap, you know, and that's where Mark can dig. On the other hand, Jay, did Mark need to push that hard to get that big gap because he's still hurting post race? You know, one of the first things he did when he kind of tried to do it casually, but MotoGP caught it and they caught it in slow motion was take his left hand and just rub his shoulder, you know? Yeah. And you're like, the thing is, he's not 100%. It's those little tiny things like that that lead me to believe that if Mark doesn't have a perfect setup at, say, a place like Assen, if he's got to do things, take a little bit more risk, use a little bit more energy, mm-hmm. that no, the freight train's not not started just yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a little something. Mm. There's 13 rounds left. He's 90 points back. Here we go. Seven, point, seven points around. I'm just saying. <sighs> I'm not saying that it's happening. I'm saying that there's 13 rounds left. 
I'm saying there's 13 rounds left. That's all I'm saying. He's got a 90 point lead to squat tomorrow. Okay, right if if he wins out, Jesus, I can't even believe we're going down this road. No, 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 no. We're not if going Marquez down. If Marquez wins path, out, I'm just telling that's you, that's 50. 65 points if if Quartararo finishes second to him all the time. Yeah, I, no, I, don't, I don't think Mark that's can not win out happen. right now. No, that's not going to happen. I'm saying no, that, think... that the thing I want you to understand is I'm not, I'm not saying Marquez is going to win the championship. I'm saying that he's 90 points back. And these guys, I don't care what anybody says, they are a little intimidated by him still. There's no way they can't be. This guy's just got off the couch. It's fifth race, sixth race back. He's won. I know it's at a track. He's done a lot of that. I'm not predicting him to win the championship. I'm just saying – Last year, Quattro went right in the tank, and if he decides <laughs> to do that again, he did. I'm not. Hey, I, I know he did. I'm not lying. He did. I know. And and when you look at it right now, right now, when you look at it, he's got a 22, 22 point lead over Zarco, right? A yeah. twenty two point lead over Zarco. So, you know, you start looking at that now, and it's like, well, that's a what is that, Greg? That's. Uh, 60, 68 point lead, 68 points to Zarco. So anyways, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that if this guy decides they can get this thing going, he gets it rolling again. It's Well, he could definitely put some pressure. He could, he could put some pressure on other positions that may put pressure 100%. in other places. Like it, it's a domino <laughs> effect for sure. It's very you know, volatile we're, we're, at the front. Like these guys, like you look at Jack Miller. Would you have penciled Jack Miller to finish as far back as he did this weekend? And how about Zarko? No. Zarko did you, finishes did eighth. You, did, did you hear what Miller said post-race? He had the, no. Jack Miller has the best po- – like when they were doing the whole thing, how you think Marquez <laughs> did, everybody was pretty standard. And Miller goes, hey, man, he whipped us with one arm. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Greg, I know. Greg, when, when this guy wins championships, when he was winning championships, you don't see him finishing eighth. You don't see him finishing sixth. You don't see that. You just don't see it. That's why I thought Quattro was right in third was good. If Quattro mm-hmm. finishes seventh or eighth in that race, this championship now is in the eighties and or, or even less, maybe in the seventies. Then people are really going to be questioning: Can he come back? And all I'm just saying right now is that we're through eight rounds, and there's a ninety point gap now, and he's proven that he can win. And it'll be fun to watch now. It's going to make it a lot more fun for me to watch now how these other guys react to that pressure if he starts putting it on them. That's all I'm saying. So okay. when when you look at and I'll tell you one guy who ain't scared is Oliveira. I mean, no, he's not scared. He doesn't care. He is not scared at all. No. I mean, he isn't, and he chased and chased and chased. I I wish and, we could see those two. I I can't wait till we see those two race. Like, I agree seriously. with you. I thought I he was going to close the gap, and oh, yeah. so did I. Greg. Yep, I'm with you, hundred percent. I I thought here he comes, and if Bender can qualify, he's another guy who's not scared. Like, yeah. like, do you remember? Do you remember when, when, when Rossi was dominant? It was like, who's going to pick up the, who's going to, who's going to come chase him, and who's going to beat him regularly? And the first guy I really remember doing that, honestly, is Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. And then once that gets proven that that can happen, then other guys kind of like Pedrosa came along, right? And that they, these guys start coming, and, and guys start coming up. Marquez is in that spot now where there are guys moving up and through that are trained to come after him. I think Jorge Martin would be one of those guys. I mean, right now, Oliver is one of those guys. Bender's one of those guys. I mean, when you look at it, there are guys now that are coming through that aren't aren't going to be intimidated because they haven't been beat by Mark all that much. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's it's an interesting story. I, I just I, – It is. To be fair, I was thinking about this when I was golfing today. I like, and I knew we were doing our podcast. And I thought, you know, it's not insurmountable because how many rounds these guys do. So, I mean, he's given them four races. Greg, he's given them four races. Didn't do or 
like five. He didn't do either Dohas, did he? No. Both Dohas and then had three zeros. 90 points. See what happens. It'll be interesting. It'll just be interesting to see if he goes on a run. Um, All right. Well, look, we'll touch on Assen real quick before we get to Moto2. Let's just let's just do that. In like, Have you looked at the weather in. yet for Assen? No, I was going to look at it You know, right now. Yeah. Like, Have that, a look at it. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it always rains there. I think it's it's great that it sounds like they're I think they're running I think they're <laughs> running spectators at Aston. I can't remember, but it always seems to rain at Aston at some point. It's forecasted for rain Saturday and rain Sunday. I don't know how much. Um yeah. let me let me dive a little deeper go. into it. Yeah. But yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. you're looking at um great for Garrett. Uh, great for Garrett. Great for Garrett. So 80, 81% chance of rain showers on Saturday, 56% on Sunday. Yeah, so, you know, that, that, you know, it could hit or miss at least it looks like on Friday, it's going to be mostly cloudy and 19%. So that's going to give, I think, you know, a guy like Gerloff, if you can get a good two good dry sessions in, that's going to be helpful for sure. But yeah, definitely doesn't hurt learning tracks either in the rain. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Like it doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah, you're right. But I mean, I just think I think um, it's a crapshoot right now. Really looking forward to since since KTM has had this new chassis and this this surge. I'm really looking forward to seeing what how they adapt to Aston quickly because they didn't race there last year. So that's going to be something to look at. The Yamahas should be on paper very strong there. It's a high corner speed track. It's not a lot of stop and go. The chicane. You know, it's for Garrett. I, I mean, I, I haven't been to Aston, but I've played it a million times on video games. Yeah, it looks it looks like a very uh, manageable, like an easy track to learn. It's not very complicated. Um, you know, there are nuances very, there for sure. Super flowy. It's mm-hmm. super flowy. I've raced there. It's super flowy track. Um, it connects really nicely. I think the reason why the Yamaha does so well there is because of the high corner speeds, and mm-hmm. it, they can roll through corners really well. Passing is still going to be difficult. Um, and it's really only got that one real tight left-hander in the infield that you that you played before at like turn five, I think it is. Oh, yeah, five, that left-hander. Uh, and, yeah. and that they have to accelerate out of, which is obviously the crippling effect of what they say the Yamaha is. So, I mean, when you look at it, Quattararo, even in Park Fermi, was already smiling. He's like, hey, I got third here, and we're going to a track that our bike does really well at, you know, on paper. So um, I think that – I. I still think Quattro is more than in control of this. It's just it's a matter of just can't have any meltdowns. Just got to stay consistent, keep scoring those points, keep getting on the podium every weekend, and go from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Greg, and we we can't go without saying. I mean, like, look, the guy finishes nineteenth. Maverick Vinales, what is up? Is he going to be the next guy that we get recruited to World Superbike? I mean, what? Like, he's gone through three different crew chiefs. It's, could you believe that? Could you believe he finished nineteenth? He was the last guy running. Got beat by Morbidelli on the last lap. I mean, it's he, 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 it's crazy. He just, at one point, how many crew chiefs do you fire before you go? Hey, maybe it's me. Maybe it's I me. just I've never seen. It's just so bizarre to think that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, listen. It was. It was. It was an interesting race. I wouldn't say it was the most exciting race of the weekend. I think the storylines were cool. Marcus coming back and winning and kind of dealing with that pressure of knowing that he's kind of the man at that place and, and putting his injury behind him and blah, blah, blah. Amazing effort. But man, KTMs are coming. And speaking of KTMs, Greg, I don't know if you got to watch it. What an unbelievably masterful performance by Remy Gardner, who goes on and wins in the Moto2 class over Kanet Bedzeki Giantonio, who also has announced that he is going to be going to MotoGP next year. Sam Lowe's ends up fifth. Schwader, Navarra, Arenas, 
Ramirez. And how about our guy, Cameron Bobier? comes from, what, 24th grade on the grid? Something like that. Way back. Ends up 10th. Ends up 10th. Um, kind of just marching up through. Beats Bulaga, Lopez, Ben Snyder, Baltus, Viete, um, who were the last points. I mean, it was so weird. But Ayagura, Chavi Vierge, and Joe Roberts all crash out on the last lap. Mm-hmm. Is that weird? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. In unrelated incidents, you know. It unrelated. Was just like, Your boy Agura has been super impressive on the Moto2 bike this year. Agreed. And he was he was in, what, a top six position or something when he yeah. flicked it? Seventh, sixth or seventh or something? Yeah, yeah, I mean, really, I'm not interested in this class and talking about the rest of the field as much as I am interested in talking about Remy Garner and what he did. I mean, wow. for sure it's oh, been, yeah. you know, he and his teammate, Raul Fernandez, the rookie coming up on the Red Bull KTM Aho machines. But, you know, we've talked about it, Jay. So, you know, Remy sits behind Fernandez, lets him lead, lets him burn his tires out, makes a pass late, wins the race. Yeah. This time, it just seemed like he had some inside information or something going on. And it was like he put the pressure on Fernandez by passing him and he baited him into tucking the front. As, you know, I mean, I know it was Fernandez's decision, but it's like if, if, if Fernandez is leading with the pressure from behind, I just don't think he does the thing. I, I think that Garner just he he made the right Garner decision. Just had a little bit of pace, and he was kind of showing it, wasn't he? He was kind of showing I got this little bit of pace, and well, Fernandez he knew it, Jay, because go, normally you know? Remy's not going to give his 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 cards away this year that early. Mm-hmm. So when he passed him early, and and even to the commentators' credits, they were like, "Oh yeah, you know Remy's going to sit back there," and then and all of a sudden he passed him, and it was like. They were going like, well, all right. So I guess he'll pass him. And I'm thinking to myself, Remy, where are you going? Like, what do you, why are you going to show, why are you going to show Fernandez your lines and what you're doing this early? And then a couple laps later, bye. I was like, unbelievable. Genius. The pace, (laughs) the pace of those two guys compared to everybody else. 1.3 on the field after lap one. Oh, that's just. Holy crap, dude. I was like, okay. I'm trying to find the quote of the week. Because you, I, I read it to you the other day, and I believe it was Danny Buchan. Um, oh, the Danny Danny Buchan, Danny Buchan. <laughs> it tweeted, was Danny. Buchan. This is pretty good. So Danny Buchan races BSB, but he he had a great tweet, and and, and it says Gardner and Fernandez to start from pit lane and Aston due to being too fast on opening laps of the German Grand Prix. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was too good, but they were. It was like they were so above everybody else. It was incredible. And, uh, but I mean, Remy, Remy, man, full credit to him for anything that in the past we might've said, man, he makes too many mistakes. He does this bad. He does that bad. This kid has come full circle. He has matured right in front of our eyes. He's got on that MotoGP bike and he's next year and he'll be another guy that's not going to be scared. And if he takes the same, if he takes the same mentality into MotoGP, the way he has on this team with Moto2, I mean, he's just, I mean, look, he's come from a great pedigree. And he'll be he'll be tough too. Yeah, I got a buddy of mine uh, named Mike Maximenko, and we were on the phone the other day, and he was so pumped. He's like, "Dude," and and Max isn't that old, dude. He's really he's he maybe mid mid early forties, and he's like, "Garner's an old school guy. He's going to do old school things on a MotoGP bike. He's going to bounce off people. He's going to race hard. Like this is what I want to see. Everybody else is too soft." And I'm like. Yeah, you listen to I, our podcast. He goes, "Well, not in probably fifty podcasts, but I used to listen to it." I'm like, "Well, I go, you and Pridmore are thinking the same." So yeah, and I, I kind think of that, I think that's, know, but I think know? that's how Bender is. I think Bender's like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Bender, I mean, care. dude, 
K- KTM's feeder system right now is incredible. It re- I mean, they've done just, an amazing job. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, outstanding yeah. job. So and they've been patient. The, the, the one thing I'll talk to you about in this one, because like I really told myself this weekend, I'm not going to get into the whole race direction thing because it's just gotten so utterly ridiculous. And now, <laughs> now I don't feel like you and I are the only two talking about it. Now it's everywhere. Like everybody's uh, like mainstream. Everybody are talking about it. Like what what the hell's actually going on? But did you see the Jake Dixon incident with Augusta I, Fernandez? I no, I didn't see the incident. And, you know, I only saw it once and talking to our boy, Steve English. You wait, know, was that the one where he went up, up the inside and stood him up? No, wait. He kind of went know. up the inside and then he, I think he kind of ran into, he ran into um, uh, Augusto Fernandez. He touched him. Um, there, you know, in racing, there's always these give and take things. And when you look at, when you look at things, it's like, I mean, great. I, I, I shouldn't say this because it's going to drag. I know there's a story coming out of this, but. You know, you kind of get that feeling that somebody's around you, like when you're getting past, like maybe when you were getting lapped, like maybe you, you, you know how you get that feeling when there's somebody there, like you got to give a little bit of room. <laughs> He's laughing at me, but you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I vaguely like, remember. Sure. I kind of feel like, like if Fernandez just gives him a little bit of room, maybe you don't get, maybe you don't get taken out. Like, like they can penalize Dixon, but you're out of the race. Like every now and then that's what, that's what I think Johnny Ray does so amazing. Johnny Ray, if somebody goes up underneath him, he gives him a little bit of room. Like, he doesn't want to get taken out. And it, to me, I thought it was a little bit of a harsh penalty. I know Jake Dixon's a bit of a crasher, had a rough year, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that I think that reputation sometimes hurts these guys too. It's a lot easier for race direction to penalize a guy that crashes all the time than somebody that maybe doesn't. But I thought it was a bit harsh. And, and again, uh, race direction gets involved in something. Uh, that I just you know, like, I mean, we're 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 just running circles around this race direction thing. It's yeah, it's some of the decisions they make seem good. Some of the decisions they make just seem so off the wall. A ride through yeah. penalty for something that happened in qualifying or whatever, but then oh. yeah, that's a twenty second penalty. But then you know, I, well, I mean, long well, map penalties here or there. You know what I mean? The Moto Three race, which we're going to talk I'm about in a second. Say, I mean, I'm yeah. Saying, like since we're on that topic, right? Like, um, yeah, let's talk about this rabbit hole, right? So let's just talk Moto Three real quick because, again, a cracker, Jason. You know, Pedro Acosta uh, ends up winning the race on a master performance stuck. over Toba and Fagia, Alcoba in fourth, Mino, uh, Antonelli, Garcia, and Suzuki with Artigas. Okay, in ninth place. That's all covered by eight tenths of a second. Insane. Eight Just tenths insane. of a second. Yeah, it, it, absolutely insane. insane. And there were some there were some big fallers. There were some things, but <laughs> there were. I mean, dude, Jeremy. Let's talk, just talk Jeremy Alcoba, who finishes fourth, by the way. But he he didn't actually finish fourth. He, he kind of you turned your TV third. off after the finish line. He was, he was third. Yeah, he was third. He goes to Winter's Circle. The FIM says, "Hey, by the <laughs> way, we told you on your dashboard, you dumb dumb, that you know because you had contact with another rider or whatever the heck it was." Uh, that you have to relegate yourself back a position and you didn't do it. So we're going to relegate you back a position. And oh, by the way, the fact that you were way wide on the green apparently doesn't matter anymore. Like, I don't even, I don't even know how to explain oh, how this whole this? thing. Okay. okay. This is, this is my confusion. I love the way you just said that. Okay. They basically say that no matter what, if you're on the green, you're getting penalized no matter what. No matter right. What. Done deal. Sorry. Because, because the paint is grass. So, so if it's grass, no matter what, 
you're getting penalized. So if you get pushed off the track and you get on the grass. Except, except if you actually run over the real grass and then nothing happens, then you're fine. It's, as it's we saw it. So, so, so Faggio ends up, I thought they were going to penalize him too because he went so far out over the green. And it doesn't matter if you get pushed out onto it because if it was really grass and it was wet, you'd be crashing. So, But they gave him third anyways. I, I They have botched this so much it's just mm. not even funny and then they penalize this is the this is what was great they penalized masia for taking out cooney early which was an absolute joke like they want this racing to be close i hate to break it to you but what greg just said nine uh, nine guys finished within eight tenths of a second and think about that greg over what how many laps with 25 laps or something that's how it mm-hmm. is every lap all the laps like you kind of sit there and you think to yourself you think to yourself like there's going to be contact. If you penalize every single bit of contact that there is, there's going to be a lot of guys like going down pit lane or getting three second penalties or. It, well, the problem Jason is they're TV oh, penalties. They're TV penalties. Meaning bad. if we so see it on bad. TV, we've so got to penalize bad. it. If we don't see it, we don't oh, see it. Nothing happens. Right. So it's like, it it, 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 if they have some nice tight shot, if the, the, it's almost in a way the director is deciding who gets penalties and who doesn't. And yeah, he doesn't have any idea. Joke. Of the two directors that do it, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just so yeah, weird I right now. But, anymore. It's and, so and it's bad. not it's, it's not all of that, Jason. What it is for me is that the checkered flag isn't deciding the race anymore. We have to wait to find <laughs> out what happened, you and it's just like know. okay, just, can't turn yeah. the TV off, right? That's why I make my I predictions at all. Yeah, I well, I tried to, and like this time I actually couldn't. So I saw the podium. I'm like, well, I know they're gonna ding Alcoba. They've got a ding. They got a ding. Uh, they, they literally Roger. have to, to ding Roger because he was way out on the grass on the last lap or on the green. Yeah. And by their definition, that's grass and we're penalizing you. And I'm thinking, huh. But then I saw Acosta go out on the green two times. So obviously the reason why Acosta won this race is because he went on the green at some point during the race, right? Of course, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, what <laughs> if he gets shoved kid, out dude? there how, and we've got to make a How good judge? is this guy? How good dude, is he's, 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 yeah. He is. <laughs> dude, to win, what's that, his fourth win this year as a rookie? And like to, to see that. Right, since to, to be always be able to battle back and get to the front of that pack is just how many races have you had? Amazing. Seven or something in GP? Seven eight, races, maybe? Isn't it eight, Greg? Eight. eight. He's got some ridiculous record, like four wins, six podiums, or some, yeah. something like that. And he's got now he's got a fifty-five point lead. He's got a two two race lead. I think Sergio Garcia has done a nice job this year, but mm-hmm. he's got a fifty-five point lead over Garcia, and Garcia has eighteen points over Masia. I mean, it's. It's a two-horse race at the moment, and it's just so gnarly watching those guys. But it's but Moto3, already, anything can happen. And you ate ass in Moto3. Oh, every year, oh ass in Moto3. It just is ridiculous. So, ass you know, we're going to have a, we're gonna have a fun elbows. weekend this weekend because we're going to be able to watch all that stuff. And, um, you know, we're going to be up here doing our thing here at the Ridge, and we've got and we've got MotoGP to watch, too. Originally, I thought we had World Superbike also, but I was wrong on that. But it's... It's crazy. Once you uh, once you gloat a little bit about your fantasy, just go ahead and just gloat. So, everybody, if you're new to the podcast, we have a MotoGP fantasy <laughs> league that we play. It's fantasy.motogp.com. If you go to Greg's Garage Pod, that's the league. You can join our league for free. If you win the league, you win an Arai helmet and possibly some other great things. And you know what, Jason? Coming after last weekend, let me go ahead and do a little search for you. And oh, by the way, people, if you join the Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore League, we have 241 people participating this year. You still need to jump in. It's still fun. But Jay, let's go ahead and take a look at JP 
Let's see. Where are you? I'm Ooh, doing good. I'm 130. I've moved up. I yeah, moved you're up. rocking. Craig, I moved up last home. week. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good for right me. now, uh, Craigers <laughs> is leading this with Daytona 85. Who's in third place? Yeah. G-Dub, dude. Hey, mm. man, I, I mm. gotta, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I, I slam you a bit, but dude, I'm proud of you, man. You're doing, you're kicking ass right now. You've used one of your turbos. You're I running used one third. turbo last week. I didn't use you're one this good, week, dude. You're yeah. only what the eight ninety five. Craigers is leading by eight ninety five, and you're eight fifty one. I mean, this yeah, is doable for you. Kind of, eh, it's a big gap, but yeah, we're pretty good. One hundred and two points to one hundred eight. But Craigers threw Craigers threw Marquez on his on his team this week. I see. I had Marquez at the beginning of the year, and I took him off. Um, he, but, but he put him on at the right time. I mean, he did a, but I, I took off mirror and I put on, um, I put on Oliveira and I moved him to gold. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a total disaster. I mean, I, I did move Zarco to silver and when Zarco got on pole, I was like, uh Oh, did I make a mistake? I can't do anything. And then when Zarco started matching, marching backwards, I was like, okay. But so I'm in. I was really stunned by that. And how about his crash too? By the way, yeah, he had a big one on qualifying. So how about yeah. this, Jay? So in. So I'm in one, two, three, four. I'm in six leagues, right? You have the Motul Moto Motul League, yeah, which is, has fifteen thousand people in it. Yeah. I'm 175th in that one. You have Whoa. the MotoGP Official League, which has forty-seven thousand people. Yeah. I'm 294th. Dude, you have. I'm 29th in the U.S. I'm number three in our pool. And let's go, which is our money pool. I'm first. And the Chuck Walla fantasy, I'm first. Currently mm-hmm. leading, I should say. But I'm in, we, I'm we, in first. Place. Are we done with this portion? Are we done now? Hmm. Well, you want to move on? Uh, join us, yeah, by I the way. Can, We'd love to have you. Yeah, we love to have you. Right? Um, normally, when we're not, you know, it's not 1020 at night, right before a race weekend, oh, we'll probably God. talk about some of the people that are in the league and we what would. they're doing. Yeah, so yeah. Sorry, we're skipping over. I know some people get very angry about it. We don't mention oh, your yeah, name, but it's just so angry, so angry. So yeah, we can move on now. What do we? What do you want to talk about now? Let's talk about the ridge, man. We're here the with the ridge. It's going to be super stinking hot, which is really unusual. Everybody talks about how it always rains up here and the weather's miserable. And dude, it was so funny because we rode here Monday. It was like ninety something degrees, and then I walked out of the house on Tuesday morning and I was freezing. It was mm-hmm. cold and it was drizzly and I'm like, oh my god! And then that was the day I think you showed up at the track on Tuesday. Did you show up Monday or Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday. You showed up. Yeah, you showed up Tuesday. So it was, it was, uh, it was. That day was it was beautiful. Uh, this morning, cold, oh. and then everybody's talking about now how you know it's supposed to be like 104 degrees or something this week. No, so, no, 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 no. What's it going to be? No. It'll be 92 on Friday. That's not bad. 103 on Saturday. Oh, boy. 108 on Sunday. Oh, my God. So I was off so what, what this does, yeah. Jason, is there's a couple things. So tomorrow is an actual Dunlop tire test. The reason for the yeah. Dunlop tire test is when we came here last year, the Ridge had repaved the track, but not entirely. And I can't remember why. There was a reason for it. Um, I don't know if it was COVID or they ran out of time or whatever it was. We knew that they were going to repave again and repave up to the curbs. And they have done a spectacular job. As you, um, you've um, ridden the track, yep, I, yep. it is absolutely glass. It's like if you ever want to ride a perfect track, do a track day up here. because and there's plenty of them. Do a track. Anyway, um, so there are rumors that it's 
that the track is tearing tires up as a, as a new racetrack, mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time does. Mm-hmm. Now you throw in the heat under a bright sun and you throw in a brand new asphalt surface that is jet black. Yeah. And the question becomes what's going to happen to tire temperature, especially what's going to happen. You have a track 200. Yeah. Track temps. I mean, you know, I'm, I didn't talk to Dunlop about it, but I've been around this game long enough to know that I'm not, I would not be surprised if we saw, you know, track temps in the 140s, 143, 140, or or even higher. I mean, this, this, this has shades of that. This this place never gets these temperatures. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know, and yeah, it's going to do different things to the asphalt too, because the asphalt's probably not used to it. So it's new surface. So the oils are going to be coming out of it. It's, you know, this reminds me, Jason, of, you know, that year that we were at Laguna when it was 110, 100, I think it was 110 degrees. Yeah. And the yeah. track started to come up. If you remember coming down, um, yeah. you know, um, rainy, rainy curve and down the corkscrew and you right down the corkscrew. People were yeah. like literally digging a rut and they had to stop unreal, like, yeah. all the races and stuff. The so, pavement was I like mean, literally chunking up. It was, yeah, yeah, they had to stop yeah. all the other races and stuff. So it's, it's concerning, obviously, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Moto America does. I mean, if it's, I think that there's sometimes there's going to be a possibility that it's too hot to race. I mean, it, it could mm-hmm. be dangerous, but who knows if the tires are an issue, Dunlop can't fix it overnight. I mean, but you yeah. know, so you may see a reduction in laps. I mean, everything could we'll be totally to wait fine. And see. Yeah. Wait see and see. Happens. I mean, tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be 83 degrees. Know. So it's not going to be perfectly representative of what's going to happen on race days on Saturday and Sundays, but. Nonetheless, Jake Gagne was testing at Brainerd last Tuesday. He high-sided. He hurt his hand. Um, and he, you know, I didn't talk to him recently, but we, I texted him on Thursday, and he said he'd be totally fine and ready to go. You know, Skultz had crashed there. They repaired the bike. And, you know, I don't think other than um, Owen Williams, who I haven't spoken with, I don't know if you have. Yeah, he, I have. Yeah, they're good. Is he okay? He's okay? He's yeah, going to race? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. So, you know, none of the crashes at the test, I think it was a big deal. Um, so, you know, I think that this weekend will be interesting from the perspective of what's going to happen with the tires, what's going to happen with the heat, who's going to be able to manage the entire situation. You know, I, I 108 degrees, Jason, I fail to see how a Ducati is going to make it race distance. I really mm. do. Those things run really Greg White hot. said that for all you Ducati people. Greg White said that that was not. I'm just saying. I'm I'm obviously right. Couldn't agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going off. Of, you know, maybe they couldn't have maybe they more. have the solution, yeah. but you know, I don't They're know. Really, I mean, I it's got to be a concern for you know for the Warhorse team. I would think they'd be yeah. thinking about it. I mean, Kyle's not here, so we don't have to you know concern ourselves with that. But you're going to as any 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 race bike is going to have to be concerned about track temperatures i don't what's the elevation here jay we're pretty much at sea level i think right yeah 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 yeah. but man the true and the other thing too about that little valley that the ridge sits in or the especially the pits it just the heat kind of sits there you know we don't get the breeze the breeze is going to be up on that ridge and in the pit pit area it won't be there so these guys are going to have to hydrate all weekend long as our crews and people that are helping um because i just just hope it doesn't turn away fans because ticket sales were great it's they've put grandstands in you know, it's like, you know, bring an umbrella or bring something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing great things at the Ridge to try to improve the, you know, the spectator experience for Moto America races. So, I don't know. I mean, does, does, normally, the train, does somebody stop him this weekend? I, I mean, 
I, I, if, if this was 85 degrees and sunny, I would say no chance, right? Because mm-hmm. the surface is great. You know, I mean, I've had this talk, you know, at, those are the variables, huh? Yeah. I, I just think the variables put a big question mark on it. Who's going to deal with it the best? Who's going to be able to have a setup and manage the situation? You know, I just, I don't know. I mean, Cam Peterson's on a charge or, Dude, or I think Cam's going to be, a, 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 he could but be Bobby could do it too if they could get I something agree. sorted for Bobby. Like, yep. you know what I mean? You, and and yep. I mean, Heron hasn't been. I just don't think Heron's reached his potential yet. I mean, Heron could just gel with the track because there's it's just perfect. Like, right? There's no bumps. There's like, I don't know. You, yeah, you got to have. I mean, track perfect. surface and curbings and all that. I mean, it was cool that you got to do a couple laps the other day and see it, but they're really good. And I think a lot of the curbings are going to be usable. Like they're going to be able to run up some inside curbings. There's going to be outside curbings that they're going to be run over being, they're going to actually be able to run over. So I think that when you look at some of that stuff, they've really made the track rideable from that perspective. I think the speeds are going to be greater. And let's not forget, Gagne put it on pole here last year. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend. I think what, what's it going to do to the smaller classes? 600s. Um, when you look at, you know, the two guys that we were having to look at all year, SDK, Escalante, Mesa's not here. Does Benjamin Smith mm-hmm. step up at this place? Are there local guys that could come in? I mean, there's a lot of different things. And I do have the um, the entry list, but I haven't got a chance to look at that yet. In fact, I could probably oh, yeah. pull that up and just have a look and see who we got on this, you know, the entry list. But there'll be some local guys here that go fast. Um, but even those guys, they're not going to be used to this weather. They're not used no. to this. no. No, I mean, this heat and craziness. I mean, you know, even if it was 110 where you live, like, you know, I was talking to, uh, oh, who was I talking to? Um, I was talking to some racer who's like, yeah, yeah, it's been over 100 degrees back home and it's been hard to motivate. I want to train in the morning when it's cooler, but it's like, you know, who who would have really known that it's going to be 108 degrees in Shelton, Washington, a place that normally, you know, I mean, we we normally come here this time of year. And, but it's not raining, right? Or we haven't, you know, it's not, last year was fine. But yeah, anyway, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, week. if you would have said that, if you would have said that Shelton, Washington is going to be the hottest race that we do all year, everybody would have just laughed at you. Laughed at, and dude, they probably, just laughed at you, right? I'm going to really so. enjoy the ride, you know, leaving the track at 106 degrees on Saturday because, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. it's still going to be 106 at six o'clock or seven o'clock when I get ready to leave. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. It doesn't and, cool down here until you like, don't have far to go though, which is good. Your, your hotel's not yeah. that far away, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an actual but bonus for you. So yeah, it is a bonus, but yeah, did you get the entry list up or we're we going to move on? I got it. I mean, I'm not really seeing anything here that really catches my eye too much as far as okay. nothing there's nothing really here. I mean, up. we've got, we've got 30 entrants in Superbike. I obviously, Andrew Debrino will probably be a local guy up here. That'll go really well. Um, Jeremy Coffey's obviously from up here. Uh, when we look at uh, Supersport, we got 29 entries in Supersport. So again, we yeah, got I mean, the thing guys, about the I mean, ridge, is, Jason, is yeah. it's 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 not overly complicated, right? So even if you've done a gazillion laps around here, the fact that the, the main Moto America paddock has got a practice day tomorrow plus normal practice, it's yeah, you know, yeah. Lo- local track knowledge doesn't get you anything up here, you know. Yep. Yep. Well, there are a couple a couple of interesting things in Junior Cup. Um, Kaylee Yakov is here. So this is, she just turned 14. So she's going to be here. And Kov. if you, if you Kov. follow Yakov, Yakov. Yeah. If you yeah, see, get used to it. Yeah. I heard yeah, I thought I her dad, Yakov. Oh, yeah. That's, that's good. Yakov. Yep. All right, cool. Thanks for helping me out there. 
Um, and she's been overseas racing. You saw her. She had some really cool. Um, she had some really really cool uh, posts where she got to talk with Top Rack and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's actually going to be it's actually going to be really fun to see her because she comes in here with a lot of hype. I've seen her ride at Chuckwalla, and she's a real deal. So it'll be fun to see how she kind of uh, uh, gets into this paddock right off the bat. And um, a couple of the kids were up here on Monday riding. They're allowed to ride on Monday, so there was a few of them up here riding on Monday. She was she was here on one of them. Um, but yeah, we've got we got eighteen junior cups. We got twenty eight in stock thousand this weekend. So again, I'm looking down here, and there are some names I don't recognize. A couple of these guys are from Washington. So we'll see how they get on. And then we've got 25 in Twins Cup. So, you know, we, we got another full full group of, I mean, we had a ton of riders at the last round we were at. It's the same thing here. Anthony Maziato is a name that jumps out at me on in Twins Cup this weekend. He's going to be riding uh, an Aprilia. We saw him take the place of Dominic Doyle at VIR when Dominic was hurt on the 600. So, um yeah, it's 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 gonna be uh, it's gonna be great great race I think this weekend. And it'll Good be and look weird look conditions. for Jason and I's post on social media as to when you can tune in if you're not coming up to the races. Yeah. But hopefully you know you guys make the trip and and you can join us at the ridge. All right, Jay. Absolutely. Speaking of another hot place, let's move to American Flat Track real quick. Quick and Oklahoma City. They had two races over the weekend, and in the Premier Mission Super Twins presented by SNS Class, it was Brandon Robinson taking the win. Briar Bauman, Jared Mees, and Vanderkoy with uh, Brandon Price, your top five all on Indians. And then Colby Carlisle on the Yamaha, MTO7 in sixth. Uh, Bronson Bauman, uh, Robert Pearson, J.D. Beach was ninth. Fisher, Rispoli, the lone, Harley Davidson back in 11th. Uh, and then Brian Smith on an Indian as well. And then when you moved on to the, the second day, they're round seven of 17. It was Mies who took the win over Brandon Robertson and Brian Briar Bauman, Vanderkoy in fourth, uh, our boy Rispoli in eleventh place. Mies in that one, he dominated from flag to flag. So in the points in Mission American Flat Track Super Twins, Bauman with one fourteen over Robinson at one hundred seven and Mies at one hundred five. So they're, you know, so they're really duking it out right now and looks looks. Looks like it's going to be a good championship all the way down. J.D. Beach slips back to fifth in the points behind Vanderkoy with 86. He was leading the championship just a couple a couple rounds a couple ago. Rounds ago, yeah. yeah. Corey Texter wins again. He does. He doubles up Jason in the uh, production twins presented by Vance and Hines class. So for Texter, of the six races they've done so far, he's sitting on four wins. He's got 130 points uh, over his next competitor at 95 points. And in the singles class, Henry Wiles over Dallas Daniels in, wow. in the first race. Yeah. And then Max Whale, Riles, and Daniels. So our boy Dallas Daniels, though, he leads that championship 112 to 106 over Max Whale and Mikey Rush in at 102. Wiles uh, in at 83. He really had a, a bad first round where he only scored two points. And then the fourth round in Chicago, only eight points. But, you know, a good, a good weekend for Henry Riles you know, with a win and a second place finish. So these championships all looking pretty well contested at this point. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to see any of the races because it's just kind of the way they do it. Yeah. They, you have to kind of watch them live, I think. And then it's like a week delay until you get to see them again, where, you know, Wygant will commentate uh, our boy, Jason. So who, by the way, 
listened to our podcast last week and was like, dude, I'd love to be on your guys' podcast. Got to get him on. Yeah, we'll get him on. We just got to get off the road. Got to get him on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I'm missing this weekend. It was fun having him for those couple rounds. And the guy is like 100% professional guy, man. I mean, he just threw himself into the mix and it was just so good at what he did. And yeah, I heard him give really. us a shout out on, uh, I watched the High Point races as great because motocross, pro motocross was fully involved this week at High Point. And uh, they were doing a, pre- they were doing like a preview, you know, when you come back from commercial talking about, Indy cars at road America or something. And he's like, I was just at road America. Um, you know, talk, he talked a little bit. So that was pretty cool. Really? That, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause why again, I just, I'm super impressed with him, but for uh, Dylan Fernandez, dude, what a stud, this guy, he's a grinder. I love watching him ride. He didn't win a moto, Greg, but he ends up two, two to get the overall over Adam C and Cirillo who wins the first moto second moto. Great. I'm going to tell you right now, if there's an outdoor national that you should have watched this year, it was this one. Cause there was actually, some really, really good battling. Roxon was amazing in this. Coming up, battling uh, with Cincerillo, battling with Ferrandis. Um, Aaron Plessinger was in the mix. But Cincerillo ends up second. Tomac goes 6-1 for third. Just as a head scratcher, he just absolutely smoked everybody in the second second race. Uh, he finishes six in the first, smokes everybody. Roxon ends up going 3-3, which normally, Greg, 3-3 gets you on the podium um, at most of these things. He didn't get on the podium because he ends up going 3-3 to end up Fourth overall, Chase Sexton, Plessinger, Barsha, Muscan, uh, Joey Savacci, and Cooper Webb rounded out the top 10 places in that one. Um, I mean, Dylan Fernandez, if you watch that race, he is such a grinder, man. He's an outdoor guy, too. He really is. I mean, 250 champ, a couple times over. Like, he just... Just I'm I'm not surprised that he adapted to the 450 as quick as as he has. You know, yeah. and I know he took a lot of grief early on about, you know, knocking this guy down or whatever it was, you know, yep. and he just, yeah, he's a grinder, dude. He's really talented Total and he's fun grinder. to watch, you know, and pro motor right now, you know, like in, in the second moto, you go Cowie, Yamaha, Honda, you know, like you see that yeah. and you're just like, all right, cool. You got gas, gas, KTM in the mix, but dude, yep. Eli Tomac, it's he, so it, it just, it's he goes two oh three five. No one else even came close to a two oh three as well. A two oh four two by Roxon, but that was the fastest lap, you know. And you're just like, man, when he's on and motivated, there's just no stopping Tomac. It's but so it's just strange. It's just yeah, it's strange. like what Tomac showed. But everybody up. talk. Everybody talks about it though. Like it's like one of those things where, for a while, I thought it's just like something that I, you know, I don't want to be a hater. I'm not a hater. I just, I just these guys are so good, and I get just head scratchers. Maverick Vinales finishing 19th. What? I mean, and then you see Tomac running 9th and 10th, and then he just goes and smokes everybody by 30 seconds in the next month or, you know, whatever. It's, just, it's incredible. But in the 250 class, I mean, I, I watched yeah. I watched some of this stuff, including the highlights, and, and the track looked – it looked ruddy. It looked difficult. You know, and, and pro moto is really tough. I mean, the track changes oh every God. single lap. So it's <laughs> – you know, that's so the one gnarly. thing that I think you can kind of excuse away. It's like, oh, I understand if you kind of miss a setup and you get a moto done, you can go back and you can talk to your team and you can fix some things or you get a better start. Even a start can really – I mean, I, it's less important, I think, in pro moto to get a start than it is in supercross because, Correct. you know, just kind of the configuration of the track. That's where you got more, you you got more riders on the gate. You, go. you got more riders on the gate, right? In mm-hmm. a pro yeah. cross race. Yeah. Was it great? Cause you commentated, is it like 40 guys? Oh yeah. 40, I believe. Yeah. 40 yeah. guys instead of the 22 that you have going into the first turn. So yep. there's just the potential of a lot more bad things happening and the track just gets just ripped apart twice as quick. Cause you got that many more riders. So it is just, so especially with the four fifties. I got 
the thing about Promoto versus versus Supercross J is that if you looked at data on those bikes, Promoto, they're on the gas 100% throttle so much more than they are in Supercross. And that's right. another thing, especially with the 450s, that adds to just ripping the track to shreds, you know? Correct. Because they're just yeah, digging it. They're just digging deep. Gnarly. Yeah. 250 class grade. I don't know if you know the results of any of these, but Jalik Swole, I watched it. it he was just so dominated the first, the first race. It was really a shame. RJ Hampshire was leading this race and he was gone. His teammate, Jalik Swole's teammate, he had a chain pop off. So Swole picks up the pieces. But that said, he, he rode amazing. Jalik Swole ends up winning the overall, winning the first moto. He goes 1 3 over Jet Lawrence, who goes 3 2. Justin Cooper ends up going 5 1 for third. Nichols Mark makes Forkner. Forkner's nowhere to be seen in, in outdoor stuff. Masterpool, Hunter Lawrence, Dylan Schwartz, Carson Mumford uh, rounded out your top 10. I mean, um, it was cool to see Jalex Swole win because watched him a lot in Supercross and continued to get better in this and that. And uh, for him to for him to get his first overall, first off, he rode amazing in, in the first race. And in the second race, he ends up third um, behind Justin Cooper and Jet Lawrence, um, but you know, never gave up. He was like, they're the whole race. Um, those guys got away a little bit, but but yeah, he did a great job. So he's a right great now, story he, too. Great he's story. A great they, they, story. They featured him great and his story. mom, or whatever, in Supercross, and yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, mom raised him right, single single family, or uh, kind of raised him on her own, didn't she? And um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, really good story. Dylan Fernandez ends up right now, Greg, with the three point lead over Oxen in the four fifty class. Plessinger, Sexton, C and Cirillo right at your top five, and then the two fifty standings right now. It's Lawrence Cooper. Um, Jay, I'm sorry, Jet Lawrence, Justin Cooper, then Hunter Lawrence, and Jalex Swole and Colton Nichols. So yeah, all Hunter, the Hunter fell down, I think, too, in the first moto or something. He didn't did. He? he did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. But anyway, that that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay, that, I mean, that'll do it. You know, look ahead to this weekend's race calendar and what we're going to be talking about next week on the podcast, where I'm going to be home actually, and you'll be home actually, which will I will be. be. It's going to be great. Yeah. And you'll be a little bit more awake because you sound like you're sleeping right now. Sorry, uh, I am. Moto, <laughs> Moto America at the Ridge, of course, and what happens in the heat. We're going to talk MotoGP Assen, you know, who wins, but we're also going to be talking about how Garrett Gerloff did. Uh, American Flat Track is in Lima, Ohio. Oh, the cushion, the groove, you know, Lima. Uh, by the way, BSB kick, I believe they kick off, right? Isn't this their first yeah, race do. of the year? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they're in Olton Park, GNCC's in Snowshoe. That's West Virginia. NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycles in Norwalk, Ohio. And there's some other stuff going on around the world. So that'll do it for this podcast. Anything else you want to talk about there, Guy? Real quick, just just as I like a little Instagram thing. Did you see uh did you see Alex Lowe's crash at the test? You no, know, I still didn't see it. No, the the high speed crash you were telling me about. I, was, uh-huh. look at it. I was you know, it was uh thank goodness he's he's not hurt, jammed his ankles a little bit, so his ankles are a bit bruised up and he's gonna stay off those for a couple of days. But but data showed that he crashed it uh I think he hit the deck at hundred and thirty eight mile an hour. Oof. And if you look at if you look at turn one there and Johnny Ray talks about it a little bit, uh turn one's a lot like Brainerd, but it's flat. It's six you, you go into it in six gear. And uh so yeah, Alex just uh and but you got to get on there and you got to watch it because with the okay. sounds of all of it, it's pretty wild. So any of you guys on Instagram, whatever, look out on the World Superbikes website or go to Alex Lowe's uh, Instagram page. You'll, you'll Jesus see that. Christ! You, you, nobody yeah, can even hear you. Uh, you're you're talking so like you're sleeping, dude. Not even projecting anymore. I'm not sleeping. Anymore. I'm trying to be quiet because I'm in a house. Oh, all right. I'm in well, a by house. The way, People speak, are trying to go sleep. Speaking of Instagram, speaking of Instagram, look for a post. I haven't posted it yet, but I'm going to post it soon. I. 
I don't know if I told the podcast or not, but I, I got to ride Jake Gagne's super bike last Wednesday oh. at Brainerd and Stamboli, Stamboli sent me data traces of like throttle openings, basically. I mean, technically they're not throttle openings because it's fly by wire, Jay. It's like when you, when you yeah. twist the throttle back, it's actually just called grip. Okay. So it's, yep. it's basically yeah, grip yeah. opening and then the computer decides how much it gives, but basically grip, let's just call it grip opening. All right. Not really throttle, but, uh, um, Stamboli gave me, he sent me the trace that he overlaid Gagne's fastest <laughs> lap and my fastest lap. And, uh, Stamboli said that he, he's like, yeah, I sent it to you so you could post it. I'm like, well, Richard, I don't want to give away information. I don't know. He's like, ah, nobody'd be able to tell the difference. Blah, 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 blah. So it. at some point I will tell you this. My fastest lap, which was my ninth before lap. Before you go to your of- fastest lap, before you go to your fastest lap, why don't you just tell everybody that when all the haters were saying what you were going to do, who was the one that predicted your lap time? And I hadn't even seen the place. Melissa Paris and Jason Pridmore. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking. She predicted the same thing you did, yeah. only yeah. she did it a little differently. But yes, there were a bunch of people that were there, pro racers and ex-pro racers or whatever, retired racers. and. Yeah, it was a variety of laps, but most people had settled on. Well, let me give context. Gagne had done a 131.8 as the fastest lap on Tuesday. Mm, At the end of Tuesday, the prediction was me doing 150, maybe a 148. Jason Pridmore said, without even blinking an eye, 145. Melissa Paris said 145. I did a 145.1 in nine laps. But what Melissa did, she went to the next level, Jason, and she said, well, 2007 greg i think could do 38s or 39s no i was like i was no, like yeah greg, all right i'm not gonna I, but i said if you did if you did 20 laps around there you'd have been in the 40s no question yeah i mean i i definitely know i mean actually stamboli and i did a deep dive on the data today we, we really spent probably that's 40 pretty minutes cool looking at that's it. cool he did yeah that it was really, really neat cool. because i learned a little bit more about the system and and he was like, see here, you're coasting here, you're coasting here, you're coasting. Here's Jake. You see how there's no gap here. You know what I mean? You see how there's an overlap there. And he goes, dude, that's free time right there. He goes, if I added that up, I guarantee you it's probably two seconds just of you coasting. 100%. That's just you getting used to the bike. Easy, dude, easy. Come on. You know, easy stuff. But anyway, it was really, really neat bike. Um, really I'm cool. hoping that I'm going to put a little video out about it because I was able to get an onboard camera. Uh, there was somebody there shooting video and I did some st- kind of stand up stuff. So eventually I'm going to put a, just a little impressions video out, but um, you know, for those that are interested, I mean, obviously it's a super bike, but it, there was no particular one thing that shot off the page. It was the fact that it's a complete package. The transmission was unbelievably smooth and, and incredible to, to work. Yeah. And I'll get into more detail about that someday, but it, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, look for that post because I will tell you this, um, at a hundred percent grip, like I was mentioning, okay. When the, when the grips that turned yeah. all the way. I was doing that for 3% of the lap and Gagne was doing that for over and, and Josh Heron, Josh Heron actually more than Gagne for over 27% of the lap. Yeah. <laughs> that was at 3%. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, it's pretty. You guys do this all the time. You haven't. And... No, I know that. Yeah. And, and I know yeah. that. And, and of course there's a lot of perspective, but Jake, to be completely frank about it, I was happy. I got to hundred percent throttle period or hundred <laughs> percent. Like really, I was yeah. just, like, yeah. when I hit the throttle stop, uh, between our old turn one and turn two, I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> so cool. Then I got off. Well, it's just quick. cool that you got the opportunity to do that. So we'll talk yeah, about it tomorrow on another podcast. And yep. yeah, I just want you to know that I'm not like, 
asleep. It's just that I got Gilbert in the room right next door trying to sleep, and I'm in a house. So sorry if my voice is a little low. To no, it's fine. It's 1044 at night. I'm probably yeah. rude to some people out in this hotel, but honestly, I could care less right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll have to tell your situation about the hotel another time, but yeah, I don't blame you. All right. So. Well, listen, then, then say goodbye to everybody so I can get this thing edited and posted so I can go to sleep. Yeah. It's good night, G-Dub. <laughs> a little louder? <laughs> good night, G-Dub. Talk to you later. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye.